Hey, listen, we've been in a collection of talks uh, talking about living a life of salvation. Last week we talked about living a life of salvation as a new creation. And there's pressure on us if we try to take on living as a new creation on our own. So today, I want to jump into uh, Luke chapter 4. And I'm just going to read the very beginning of Luke chapter 4. This is where Jesus is taken. He gets baptized. We talked about this last week. He gets baptized and he's taken out into the wilderness by the the same Holy Spirit that rested on him when he was baptized. That same Spirit took him into a wilderness for him to endure temptation to, to be able to be an example for us, okay? So I, I felt like we should stand. Whenever the Word of God was read in the Old Testament, uh, the priests would come out and they would read from the Torah. The people would stand. Did you know that? It was, it was, it was this, this sign of reverence and holiness. Like the Word of God rests higher than any other word spoken. And so they stood in the presence of God's Word. So I just felt like this morning, um, could we stand? together as I read God's word and we show reverence. This is Luke chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. It says, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River where he was just baptized. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. How many of you ever been hungry before? Man, today uh, the name of this message is called A Sure Thing, A Sure Thing. Uh, you can be seated this morning. Have you ever taken a, have you ever uh, taken a test that you felt really prepared for, like maybe in high school, or uh, some of us the DMV tests? Um, felt really prepared only to get the results back and see that uh, you received less than desirable outcomes. <laughs> I never forget in high school, I, I, I was not, now I just want to just say, uh, admittingly, I was not an exemplary student. I just want to just, I'll own that. I really felt strong. I took this, I was in this class called World History. Which history, by the way, is just information in, information out. It's not dynamic information. <laughs> These are the facts, <laughs> okay? And I felt really good about this test. I felt really good about where I was going in this test. And uh, I remember taking this test, and I didn't do as well as I anticipated, and I was heartbroken. And uh, would only come to find out that I had a less than... Uh, what I would consider superior outcome because I had inferior data that I had put in. <laughs> that I was a horrible note taker. Can anyone relate? So man, I'm sitting in classes and it's like, if you were really good at the input, you, were, you would get a really good outcome. And I, I, I was like, you know, when I look back at my notes, I had some information, but I had more drawings. I had more doodles than I did data, okay? And, uh, and, and at the end of the day, what I realized was I went into the test filled with inferior information. The more, th this is what I, I learned, the more superior the input, the more superior the outcome. Let me say that again. The more superior the input, the more superior the outcome. And like what we fill our mind with when we face a test determines our outcome. This is what I want us to know this morning. The truth is that God fills us with a more than superior someone and person. There's no one more superior than the Holy Spirit in our lives to be able to help us as we live our life of salvation as new creations. Today we're going to look at how the Holy Spirit helps us in a life of salvation as a new creation, as our guarantee. He's our guarantee. He's our guide. He's our gift. Let's pray this morning. Father, I just, I ask this morning, Lord, that you would rest on the hearts of every single person here this morning, every single person that's going to hear this message. And God, what I ask is that our hearts, for every one of us, that our hearts, Lord, 
would we feel the safety to present our hearts as available and open to you this morning so that you can fill every single area of our heart with, with the beautiful person of the Holy Spirit as our guarantee, as our guide, as our gift. Speak, Lord Jesus, in your powerful name, everyone said, amen and amen. Could you guys give the worship team a huge thank you? They're going to join us back up here at the end a little bit, maybe. Number one, let's talk about the Holy Spirit as our guarantee. In Luke 4.13, when the devil had finished tempting Jesus, listen, Jesus is taken out into the wilderness he's, for 40 days. He's, he's hungry. He hasn't eaten, and he deals with these temptations that, that the devil brings to him. He brings him three temptations. And uh, when he's done, I, I, I find this passage very interesting. Luke 4.13. Listen to what it says. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. Temptation is not a sign that we are not living as new creations. But it's a sign that the enemy recognizes our approval as son and daughter. And wants to rob us of it. If Jesus, if, if Satan is sitting back and is like, hey, until the next opportunity comes, Satan, he, like, this is, this is what I love about, about us being able to frame, really, the power of Satan. He has really no great power in creation, right? He can't come up with a new game. It's the same game. He's still waiting and trying at every opportunity to tempt us, to bring us into trials, to bring us into tests the same way to Jesus. And if he's waiting for another opportunity with Jesus, he's also waiting another opportunity with us. In the midst, this is what I know though, in the midst of pervasive uncertainty, we need a sure guarantee. Now I just want to speak for a second. I just want to speak to a phone. Go ahead, grab that. It's cool. Technology, love it. Um, you know, in the Bible, Jesus, like, there's this moment, like, Jesus is preaching, and a hole gets cut in the roof, and someone gets lowered from the roof. Imagine that happening. Okay? We can deal with the phone dinging. Okay. I have ADHD, I think, so for me, I'm thinking a thousand things right now that I'm filtering. Hey, listen. I want, to, I want to acknowledge something right now. In 2023, where we're sitting in society, in the midst of what we've walked through for the last three years, COVID, in the midst of all the things in that time period, in the midst of every single hurt, pain, trauma, or trial that you've ever experienced in your life, here we sit today in 2023. And there's this idea that we should all just be back to a place of complete certainty and normal. And I just want to acknowledge this. I think for a lot of people below the surface, there's this unease I could be wrong, but when I have conversations one-on-one -on -one with people, the group think of, how are you? Good. The group think begins to break down, and one-on-one -on -one people are saying, man, below the surface, I, I, there's uncertainty. Is this resonating with anybody? I want to acknowledge that because I think what we can do sometimes, I think we can just gloss over it. I could preach over that. We could, we could live life over that. We could pass by that and not acknowledge it. And I think it's important to acknowledge. But I also, on the flip side, want to tell you that in the midst of uncertainty, we have a certainty 
in the Holy Spirit as our guarantee. This is the beauty. This is the beauty of God's word. This is the beauty of scripture. This is the beauty of Jesus. This is the beauty of redemption. This is the beauty of who God is because he gives us a guarantee in a world with no guarantees. The last year of my life, listen, I learned there is no guarantee. In John 15, verse 26, but I will send you the advocate, this is Jesus speaking, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and he will testify all about me. And you must also testify about me because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. This word advocate, he's, I'm going to send you an advocate, a person who publicly supports. There is a person named Holy Spirit who publicly is given to you and I when we say yes to Jesus to support us. But not support us like in our quiet times when we're curled up in a ball in the midst of uncertainty and we're, sh- we're, we're shivering and shaking and we're dealing with anxiety and we can't sleep. It's not just in the hidden times. This advocate is a person who's able to speak over us publicly. This is important. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit testifies, it says. This word testify, like testify, bear witness. It means to bear witness. The Holy Spirit, what, what is he bearing witness to? Holy Spirit bears witness as the guarantee that Jesus is the Son of God. That's what this passage just said. Holy Spirit is bearing witness and testifying and guaranteeing that Jesus is the Son of God, but even deeper, that we are sons and daughters. That we have an inheritance. Okay? It's a guarantee, speaking of Jesus, but it's a guarantee that we have been given. Ephesians 1.13, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth. The gospel of your salvation. When you believed... Check this out. When you believed, you were marked. I just get this image of like, when you were believed, you were like spiritually tattooed. Amen. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. The promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. He is guaranteeing our inheritance until the day that Jesus returns and he finalizes what he started. To the praise of his glory. This word seal means to close up for security reasons. He's marked you with what? A seal. He's closed you up for security reasons. Why does God need to guarantee you, to seal you, and to close close the boundaries of your heart up? Close, seal in. This word of promise. Why? Because he knows that Satan is going to be at work to what? Rob you, as I said, of this truth. You have been marked. You have been sealed. I have been marked. I have been sealed. That is a guarantee. Did you know it's irrevocable? You can't change it. This is what I love about this. Holy Spirit reinforces the love of the Father, the authority of the Son's work on the cross, death and resurrection... And he guarantees your inheritance as a kid to a king. You are the king's kid. You know, it doesn't matter what my circumstances look like. It doesn't change my spiritual DNA. Well, God, you know, I just don't see him. He's like, check your spiritual DNA. Paternity test. Boom. Like, spiritual paternity test. And I love this. So Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was empowered to live in relationship with the Father as an already approved son. This is what was happening. So it says, and the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell the stone to become a loaf of bread. What does is, what is the devil begin to question? What was, what was Jesus marked and sealed with? The promise of the Holy Spirit. What are you marked and sealed with? The promise of the Holy Spirit. A guarantee. It's a guarantee of your inheritance. 
And what is the enemy? The first thing he comes back to Jesus and says is, if you are what? The son. He immediately wants to question what God has sealed in you. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone. <laughs> Jesus basically is saying, uh, sorry, Satan, it's more about what you're filled with by God than what you're able to become full of on your own. You want me to say that again? Yeah. It's more about what you've been filled with by God as a father than what you can become full of on your own. This is what Jesus is saying. People don't live by bread alone. What is he saying? Don't fill yourself with things that don't back your approval as a child of God. Jesus is like, hey, no, no, no. Don't, I'm not going to fill. But this is, this is the example we get. This is the demonstrative power of Jesus doing this. Is that we get to look in and go, hold on a second. Am I filling myself with something that's backing my approval as son? Or am I just full? <laughs> Be filled with the guarantee backing your approval as son or daughter. That's, that's what this guarantee, that's the power of the Holy Spirit in us when we say yes to Jesus. The Holy Spirit filling our hearts is the secure guarantee of our sonship. Number two, Holy Spirit is our guide. <laughs> When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. All truth. You know, sometimes we're like, well, God, you can guide me in the truth when it comes to, you know, this. But God, this part of my, like, no, I have my own truth about this, Jesus. Come on. I'm just, I, I, I'm, ad, I'm admitting publicly, being vulnerable, how I perceive things at times. God, you, 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 the spirit of truth, yes, come on, Holy Spirit, yes, spirit of truth, yep, 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 that's not my truth. I know you want to guide me in all truth, but that, not, that's not, not this part. <laughs> but I want to tell you something, what fills you, guides you. What fills you, guides you. And we're all being guided by something. You're sitting here today, you're listening to this message back. Whatever, wherever you're at, whatever your life circumstances are, this is what I want to tell you. We are all being guided by something. Faith aside. I'm not even talking about spirituality or faith in Jesus or religion. I'm just merely saying, in, as humans, we're all being guided by something. And we're looking for guidance in a massive way. That's why the self-help section of Barnes & Noble is so big. I'm not knocking, listen, I'm not, I'm, that, that's not a jab. I'm saying it's proof in our humanity that we're looking for guidance. And I'm just, I want you to know that, that even the best of self-help is inferior input that will never lead to a superior outcome. We need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. What fills you guides you. I love this passage in Ephesians 5:15. So then, be careful how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine in which there is debauchery, or the word their debauchery is excess, or which there is excess, but be what? Filled with who? The Spirit. Paul is saying to the Ephesians, hey, listen, I know that you have a propensity in your humanity to want to be filled with something, but we just sometimes get filled with the wrong things. But listen to the word, what this word excess means. This word excess in the Greek means of an abandoned man who cannot be saved. Let me say it this way. Hopelessness in action. Excess 
is hopelessness in action because it means of an abandoned man. So, so what it's saying is, God, you have filled me with your spirit. You, you desire to fill me with your spirit that's going to guide me, but I'm going to choose to fill myself with other things. In this case, they're talking about wine. I'm going to fill myself with alcohol to the point of drunkenness because I am admitting and agreeing with that I am, a, I am an abandoned man who cannot be saved. Are you following me? This is hopelessness in action. Now I want to say there's lots of things that we fill ourselves with. The average person touches their phone 2,600 times a day. 2,600 times. My wife and I were just talking about this. We have like no reason to touch it. You, you, you're with me? You're like, you got it in your hand. You're just like. I feel like someone should be texting me. No, no, no messages. Huh? 2,600 times. Do you think we're not filling ourselves with something? And let me tell you something. What you fill yourself with, you're being guided by. Okay? We fill ourselves with money. We fill ourselves with food. We fill ourselves with what we put on because we have to look the right way and prove it. Like, we fill ourselves with lots of things. So, yes, this scripture, he's talking, he's using this example, like, don't get drunk. Why? Because you're literally manifesting an action of hopelessness. You're saying, I'm too far gone to be saved. Hopelessness in action is used as a way to escape Listen, to escape pains, tests, trials, temptations, traumas. Before I gave my life to Jesus, my hopelessness in action was I was a drunk. I came home every day with the goal, with the desire to put in my body, to get some guidance, to numb the pain, to escape, and I would drink. That was, that was my action of hopelessness. Why? Because in my head, I was abandoned from being able to be saved. I was too far gone to be saved. The circumstances that were paining me were too far gone to be redeemed. This morning, some of you are listening to this, and, and maybe you've been thinking about this, but maybe this morning it's bringing to the surface the reality that some of your actions, that some of my actions are being done out of a hopelessness, that God can save, maybe save you, or save a situation, or redeem, or reconcile, or restore something, and that is a lie. It is a lie. And this is what I know, when I would drink... I was saved from the moment, but I was never freed from my hopelessness. We use it numbing, saved from the moment, but I was never freed from my hopelessness. So I'd wake up in the morning and I would have to do this all over again, right? I'd have to go earn money because that's what I was filling myself with. And then I'd get home and I didn't have to drink. My... My drinking was guiding me toward hopelessness. Living filled with the Spirit guides us toward eradicating lies. Listen to me. Living filled with the Spirit guides us toward eradicating lies. Living filled with alternative spirits leads us toward escaping lies. One eradicates one is merely an escape. And this is what I know when we live in excess, we're limiting God's access to guide us. In my life, I realized there's so much I'm filling myself with, it gave no room. You know God's chief desire for you is to have your heart?
Many of us are walking around maybe heartbroken. Maybe in the past we've been heartbroken. God's desire is to have your heart. But I realize when we live in excess, we're limiting God's access to guide us. As new creations, sometimes we settle on escape and we miss living in the truth of our emancipation from slavery. I'm going to say that again. As new creations, even those of us who say yes to Jesus, we're, we're all human, and the human factor is sometimes, even as new creations living a life of salvation, we will settle on escape and we miss living in the truth of our emancipation from slavery. And you have been freed. And I have been freed. Galatians 3.3. 3. I love this because what it tells us is escape keeps you enslaved to having to prove yourself. The more that I move to escape, what am I enslaved by? What does God want to emancipate you and I from? You don't have to wake up tomorrow morning and prove yourself. This is massive. Oh, okay. Okay, pastor. Okay, got it. And you get up in the morning, guess what you're going to do? You're going to fret and get anxious and go to bed beating yourself up because you didn't perform well enough to prove yourself. And I'm here to tell you today that that performance has been broken. You have been freed. You have been emancipated from being enslaved to having to prove yourself. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit in our lives when we say yes to Jesus that guarantees and approves of us. So what do I have to prove? I'm free, I'm free to just open my heart and just love and be loved. How foolish, Galatians 3.3, 3, how foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? I'm going to own this one. <laughs> yes, Jesus. God, man, so good. I wake up in the morning and I'm just like, grab the car keys. And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, dude, it's my own effort. And he's like, you have lessons to learn, dude. I want to control things. Listen, th th this is how we, this is our humanity. I want to control it. If you feel out of control right now, I want you to know you have the spirit of God living in you when you say yes to Jesus. Who actually wants to bring guidance to you. God's in control. There's nothing more to prove, but I, I will tell you there is fruit to produce. There's nothing more to prove, but there's fruit to produce. Galatians 5.22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. When we really are living a life of salvation as a new creation, and we're like, yes, Holy Spirit, you're our guarantee and you're guiding us, there will be fruit that gets produced on that tree of life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature, their old nature, to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in some of the areas of our lives. No. In every part of our lives. In every single highway and byway of your heart, your life, and what's going on in your world. This is telling us we're alive by the Spirit of God. Let us now continue to be led by the Spirit of God in every single ounce 
piece of fabric that God has woven our hearts together with. Let the Spirit of God continue to be our guide. We belong to Christ, and therefore we're living by the Spirit with our old nature crucified, producing new creation attributes. This is a great litmus test for me, just for me. This is a great litmus. I, I go, okay, God, yes, G- Jesus, amen, huh, yeah. Spirit of God, filled with the Spirit of God. Here's my litmus test. In my current life, 2023, is today the 22nd? 22nd of October. Quick test. This is for me. You can use this on yourself. I just go like this. Given my current circumstances, given my trials, temptations, given whatever pains, hurts, given whatever's going on, this is what I ask myself. Am I exhibiting fruits? Am I producing fruit that if the Spirit of God is actually, if I'm making myself fully available to God, if I'm saying yes to every single part and every part of my life to be led and to follow, am I loving? Am I joyful? Am I experiencing peace or even bringing peace to a situation? Am I, do I have patience? Am I being kind? Is there goodness? Is there faithfulness? Massive for me is their gentleness. Man, like, Pat, you should be more gentle. Like, dude, I'm just telling you the truth. (sighs) There's a way to be gentle, bro. Right? Gentleness and self-control. Self-control, I love this. This isn't Holy Spirit control. This isn't God control. It's self-control. Sometimes in my life, I'm like, dude, is is the Spirit of God alive in me? I keep doing this thing, and then I'm like, God, take it away, and he's all self-control. <laughs> Why do I keep sticking my finger in the proverbial light socket? He's like, self-control. <laughs> like, I'm like, nah. Can anyone relate? There's the litmus test. He's our guarantee, and if, he's, if we're really submitting our hearts, making our hearts available for him to guide us, we have nothing to prove, but it will produce fruit. Like, can we just make a commitment? Just be 1% better tomorrow. <laughs> you can do anything how many times? I've said this for years. You can do anything one time. By the way, I've proven that. In a lot of ways. We can be 1% better tomorrow. God, I, I want to be more full of love. I want to be more full of peace. I want to be more joyful. I want to be more gentle. <laughs> Amen? Pastor Jeff just got what I said. Number three, Holy Spirit is our gift. Holy Spirit's our gift. John 14, 26, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative... That is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I have told you. (laughs) He's going to teach you. He's going to guide you. And he's going to remind you when you forget. (laughs) Like when you're running around crazy on the freeway and you're like, there's traffic and I don't know what the heck's going on and why are people so stupid? And you turn on your TV and you're like, this doesn't make any sense. I think, you know, this political party are complete, like, demons and I think this political party are complete demons and I think it, right this is what we do in our humanity is very polarizing I think the Holy Spirit we need the Holy Spirit right now more than ever to rest centered in our hearts and remind us of some things here's chief, chief reminder no matter what transpires globally in our nation, in our state, in the city you live in, in your immediate sphere of influence, no matter what transpires, God is still your guarantee. God is still there to guide you. And he still is your gift. We need this right now. Jesus says, I'm leaving you with a gift. 
Who is this gift? Holy Spirit. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. Holy Spirit is a gift. He is the person. Holy Spirit is like the spirit of peace, the spirit of truth. <laughs> in your mind and in your heart, which, by the way, are two separate things. This 18-inch journey is the biggest journey that you're ever going to need to get down in your life. Man, I got to travel to the other side of the world. That's nothing compared to the journey that the truth of what I'm telling you needs to go from your head to your heart. This 18-inch journey is the hardest, longest. You're going to feel the most tension. You're going to feel the most warfare against. That is the biggest journey you're ever going to experience in your life, head to heart. And the Holy Spirit is God's gift through his son, Jesus Christ, for you and I to be able to experience this. So Jesus gave the gift. He says, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. Mic drop. So don't be troubled or afraid. This is what I love about this message. Nothing I pursue in my life, nothing you pursue in your life, nothing that you fill yourself with, nothing that I fill myself with, nothing, nothing at all in this world can give us the peace that we get from the gift of the Holy Spirit. Nothing. Nothing. Jesus gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit to bring us peace in times of trouble. Living this side of heaven, living this side of heaven, I, it's, it's not an if, it's a when. You and I are going to experience trouble. So he gives us this gift of the Holy Spirit. It's certainty. Holy Spirit is certainty in times of uncertainty. This word advocate, this is another meaning of this word advocate. In the widest sense, a helper, succorer, never heard of the word, S-U-C-C-O-R-E-R, aider or assistant. When I looked up that word that I'd never heard of, succorer, I'm probably saying it wrong. This is what it means. Someone who gives help in times of need, distress, or difficulty. Uh, someone that is, is going to run to the rescue. Can I tell you this morning, you feel like in your heart you need rescued from a situation, the Holy Spirit is running to your rescue. It's up to us to make our hearts open and available for him to run into the areas of our heart that we need that rescue. He wants to bring relief to you this morning. He wants to bring relief to our world. He wants to bring relief to our nation. He wants to bring relief to our cities, to our homes. He wants to bring relief to your heart right now. And he is running to your rescue. Here's synonyms for this, a recoverer, a rescuer, a saver, or someone who saves something from danger or violence. And this is what I know, that while in the wilderness, the devil was tempting Jesus to climb to a high place and jump off. But Jesus was full of who? The Holy Spirit, who rescued him from what? Danger, potential violent activity. The wilderness wants to tell us that we're alone. But I want you to know something. Jesus wasn't alone in the wilderness, and so were you. You are not alone. I'm not alone. I've never felt the presence of God in a greater degree in my life to know that I am not alone. You are not alone. That's what wilderness does. There's so many powerful things about what Jesus did in the wilderness. The enemy wants to turn wilderness into loneliness, isolation, depression, and suicide. Our glo globally, globally right now, there is a spirit of wilderness that God wants to break in the power of his Holy Spirit as a gift. R right now breaking. Who's going to rescue me? And we begin fighting for ourselves. When we can turn to the Holy Spirit, he does all of the warfare. We partner with him. And, okay, give me insight. What should I do? Keep making your heart available. Lay your heart down before me. As new creations, we're never alone. I love this, John 14, 23. And we will come 
and make our home with each of them. And we, who is we? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Okay? So let me read it this way. And Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are going to come, and the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are going to make their home in each one of you, in each one of us. This, 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 this is crazy. How does God make a home in us? I love this. In Acts 2, the number one thing that happens in Acts 2, Jesus says in Acts 1, wait in an upper room until I send my gift to you, the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2, everyone's sitting around praying. Just FYI, the church, the beginning of the church wasn't in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that happens in 2. It actually began in prayer. We should be more of a house of prayer first. Why? Because out of them in the upper room, a house of prayer manifested the coming of the Holy Spirit as they petitioned. Our hearts are available. We're here. I don't know what's going to happen, but would you come? Would you rescue me? Would you bring relief to me? Would you, would you change my perspective of the circumstance, although the circumstance doesn't look like it's changed? And then people are like, what happened? The Holy Spirit shows up, and then people start asking questions, and Peter... He, he preaches the first message of the goodness of Jesus Christ ever recorded. And this is what he says. How can we make, how can we partner with God for him to make his home in us? This is up to us. Listen to this. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive what? The gift of the... Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, your children, and those who are, my gosh, can I just stop for a second and say, Holy Spirit, come to the Middle East. I want to acknowledge this. Holy Spirit, come to the Middle East. Holy Spirit, would you come in a way for people that seem far away, would you bring a guarantee, guidance, and would you be a gift that brings relief as a rescuer to things that we think are never possible? You are the God of making possible what seems impossible. So we just say right now as a family, we say right now, Holy Spirit, come into that region. Holy Spirit, make yourself known in that region. Lord, we today... People sitting in San Marcos, far away, we know because of what Peter said, that the gift of your Holy Spirit moves here, moves now, moves there, moves far. And so we just say, Holy Spirit, come. We want to see the power of your Spirit move. It supersedes nations. It supersedes politics, politicians. Holy Spirit, come. Be relief. And it can be the same for you in your life. The Holy Spirit can be the same for you right now this morning in your life. What battles are going on in your heart this morning? I'm going to have somebody come up from the worship team, probably Julius. What does it begin with? Repentance. Repentance is, God, I'm going to prove myself. I'm going to make my own way. I bring the guarantee. I bring certainty in the midst of uncertainty. I'm my own GPS unit. I don't need your guidance. Okay? Husbands, this is how we treat our wives. You don't need me. I know where I'm going. Married couples, you know what I'm saying. Wives are like, why are you driving this way? I always drive this way. You should have made a right-hand turn. All right. Repentance is, I'm going to turn from all of this. Okay? By the way, that is going to only lead to one place. Hopelessness. Or marriage counseling. Or, or, or therapy because we keep inferior input expecting superior outcomes. Come on. 
God has a superior outcome for your circumstances this morning. He has a superior outcome for your life this morning. He has a superior outcome for the broken areas of your life. He has a superior outcome for the places that you feel like he could never make better. He has a superior outcome for your marriage. He has a superior outcome for your children. He has a superior outcome for every single situation that we've that we've experienced today and every, every experience that we're going to have tomorrow. He has a superior outcome for that. And it's brought about not by our own strength, but by one thing. When we repent, we turn from that and we turn to God and we say, God, we make our hearts available to you. We make our lives available to you. I want to pick my heart up from that place and I want to control things. I want to numb things. I want to escape. And God says this morning, he wants to emancipate you and I. He wants to free you and I from being enslaved to thinking we have to perform to prove ourselves. Romans 8.1, there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Holy Spirit is our guarantee as he guides us, as our gift of peace. Close your eyes this morning if you feel comfortable doing so. And this is what I would ask you this morning. If this morning, maybe like me, you realize that you're trying to guarantee and make certain your own way. You realize that you're trying to bring your own guidance and, and maybe you're escaping and there's some temporary saving, but there's not a freedom that you're experiencing. You're filling yourself with things that the world cannot bring peace. And you realize this morning, maybe for the first time, you need to turn from what I, I, I'll be honest with you. I think we, so many of us lean into this, like we want to guarantee, we want to make certain things, we want to. So there's no shame in this. I, I, I want to say this. There's no shame in acknowledging this. I think the enemy would want you and I to be frozen by shame. And I, and I want to speak against that right now. There's no shame. And if you're realizing this morning, man, I need Jesus <laughs> as my guarantee to bring the Holy Spirit to be my guide for the first time. Or maybe as a follower of Jesus, you're struggling. And trials and tests and temptations. This morning, you realize you and I and our humanity, we can't do this alone. And it is why Jesus gave us this beautiful gift, the Holy Spirit. If you need this or you want more of it this morning, would you stand with me? like to do. I'm going to pray corporately, meaning I'm just going to pray over all of us, but I want to give an invitation to some of us in the room. I think some of us are dealing with, as I, as I bring up things, maybe there's some things that you're dealing with that you're really, really, really struggling. And we have, our ministry team literally prays all week. They're praying all week. Before we even arrive, they're praying all morning. Before I even get to this building in morning on Sunday mornings. They've already been here praying. They pray during the services. They're equipped and ready to come alongside you and pray with you so that you can experience an emancipation from slavery and you can truly be free. And some of you are running in circles. I get this, I get this picture of just running in circles over and over and over and over again. stuck in this loop and, and I just feel like the Lord wants to break that this morning so don't hesitate to come forward and get prayer from our ministry team over specific things and want to pray for you because I'm not going to be specific right now I'm going to be I'm going to pray broadly for us so if there's something specific you need come forward 
for the rest of us that we would just maybe open our hands up if you feel comfortable doing so. And, and all this is physically, when we open our hands up, we just say, uh, it's like me being a kid on Christmas morning receiving a gift. My mom and dad want to hand me a gift on Christmas morning. I don't, I don't put my hands in my pockets and try to receive that gift. I open my hands. And so there's this very practical thing that we're doing. We open our hands to say to God, my heart is open right now, Lord. And Lord, my heart, you can even say this if you want, just in the quiet, or you can say it out loud, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not here to prescribe that. Lord, I open my heart. I make my heart available. thank you for the guarantee. I have nothing more to prove. Lord, this morning, all of the escape, I lay down. And I say yes to the emancipating certainty in times of uncertainty. Say this with me. Say, Lord, I repent of wanting to do it my way. I turn to you Jesus' powerful name, we get to say amen.